The Gaza war is most tragic for the peoples of Israel and Palestine. It's also proving difficult for centre-left parties in Europe. Across the continent, social democrats are really conflicted over their historic support for Israel and the Jewish people and their more recent sympathy for the occupied Palestinians. Eleni Correa is a senior writer with Politico Europe. She's co-author of a major story on the predicament of the European left. In most European countries, or in many European countries at least, we've seen a real political divide between MPs and parliamentarians based on religion in in their response to this conflict. So at least in the UK where I'm based, we've seen areas where there's Muslim MPs or um, areas where the constituencies have got large Muslim populations. Those parliamentarians, those politicians will tend to take a much more pro-Palestine approach and stance and want to call for ceasefire in the conflict. While in areas where there's large Jewish populations, there is a more pro-Israel approach. And that, that's something that we've seen playing out across a big part of Europe. France, for example, is in the particularly challenging position of having the biggest Jewish community and the biggest Muslim community in Europe. Why does that make it so hard for the left? That makes it really difficult for France and for Emmanuel Macron as president and for the left, which has been divided on this. It just means that the left is being pulled in two directions in its response to this very difficult and sensitive issue. You know, in France, it's caused a lot of community tensions, which have just been a really big problem there. And we've seen Emmanuel Macron, the French president, recently call for a ceasefire. He's the first major Western European leader to do so, going further than the US and the UK have done on this issue. It seems that he decided that he wanted to go in that direction, but that's been a very difficult issue for him since the war began. What about for Keir Starmer in the UK? Because here he is, he's probably facing an election which he is overwhelmingly favoured to win sometime in the next 12 months. Why should he be worried about uh, how the Gaza war is dividing uh, Labour supporters in Britain? So it's a fascinating question and a fascinating issue, really. I mean, this has been the biggest political problem, probably, that Keir Starmer has faced during his leadership of the Labour Party, which has lasted about three and a half years now. He has had more than a third of his MPs call for a ceasefire, something that he is not doing. He's following the US and UK government positions on this, calling for humanitarian pauses to the conflict. But a lot of his own parliamentarians and a lot of his voters and councillors in sort of local sort of parishes around the UK are calling for him to go further. We've seen lots of resignations. There was a parliamentary vote where about half a dozen shadow ministers resigned in order to be able to back a ceasefire. That's a really challenging position to, for him to find himself in. The funny thing about it is that it hasn't had any impact on his poll rating. Keir Starmer is the envy of other European left-wing leaders because he has just such a huge lead on the Conservative, the ruling Conservative Party. He's widely expected to win the next election. And that still hasn't changed. So despite the fact that he's faced this big political problem with a lot his party being split on this issue, it hasn't affected his standing among the voters. And therefore, he doesn't feel like he has very much to worry about. He's happy to stick with his position. He's mm. trying to manage his party as best as he can. He thinks he's doing the right thing and that the voters aren't agree with him. Yeah, yeah, but he might be wise to read the article that you co-authored in Politico, because uh, what did one Labour shadow minister tell you, which might give rise to concern for Keir Starmer? 
Yes, it's a good point. So one shadow minister told me that Labour was hemorrhaging Muslim votes massively, that they would lose seats if there was an election tomorrow, so that this would impact their election chances. And to be fair, that is if Labour strategists and people around Starmer will be looking at that very closely, because their biggest concern is basically that the next election is going to be very close. So an issue like this could actually mean that they lose, you know, half a dozen seats maybe, and that could be a really significant number that deprives them of a majority or gives them a kind of a, a smaller majority to play with if they did win, because they've just got such a huge conservative majority to overcome if they were going to win, that every seat will count in the next election. Eleni, where would... Muslim votes go if they don't go to Labour as they have traditionally done. The Muslim community is very diverse and it's wrong to assume that a very large community all thinks the same way. But if you just look at past trends, it has been a comfortably Labour voting community. Where would those votes go if they desert Keir Starmer? That's a really good question, one that probably Starmer is thinking about and thinks that the reality of it means that he won't be particularly damaged by this in that, you know, the UK's party system is basically a two-party system, Conservatives and Labour. If we had a big number of Muslim voters who wanted to protest against Labour's policy on Gaza, they wouldn't vote Conservative, which is kind of further along the spectrum in being pro-Israel on this conflict. So they would have to go to smaller parties like the Green Party or the Liberal Democrats, both of which are backing a ceasefire. But in most constituencies in the UK, that means their vote will really make a difference because most constituencies will just be Labour conservative ones. Mm. But, you know, it, it could mean that the Lib Dems do better than expected in some areas, the Greens do better than expected in some areas. That will be the main challenge for Labour. There's always the risk that when a war becomes the subject of a political debate, it then transforms into a debate about immigration and multiculturalism. Is that happening across Europe now? Unfortunately, yes, there is an element of that. It gets spilled over into that. And sometimes far right parties try to weaponize issues like this to advance their own cause. In the UK, where I'm based, this became an issue because the Home Secretary, who was on the kind of right wing of the, the Conservative Party, was using some pretty punchy and some people would say incendiary language about people protesting for Palestine. She called the pro-Palestinian marches hate marches, basically was saying outright that she thought the people marching for Palestine were opposed to British values. Mm. And the Prime Minister ended up firing her and reshuffling his ministerial team as it partly in response to to what she was saying. So we've really seen that debate reignite in this country and in other parts of Europe, where people kind of seize on the public response to the conflict in various communities and try and use that to advance their own arguments about multiculturalism and integration. Eleni, this is not in the uh, the piece that you wrote, but uh, as uh, one of the authors of the very popular playbook column, you would know about this. In the UK, has the debate over Gaza given new life to the former Labour leader, Jeremy Corbyn, who has been suspended from the Labour Party because he was uh, considered soft on anti-Semitism? He's been a long-time supporter of the Palestinian cause. Has this breathed new life into his political career? Because there's been so much speculation as to whether he would run for his seat, but as a left-wing independent. 
Yeah, it's a really good question. Jeremy Corbyn's also, he's thinking about his next steps. He was also thinking about potentially running for London mayor. That's another thing that he has been looking at. But, you know, beyond his own plans, he hasn't really had a resurgence at all from this because he's not a member of the Labour Party and the Parliamentary Party anymore. Keir Starmer's been very clear, given the stance he has taken, and just more broadly this in the past couple of weeks, that there isn't really a way back for Jeremy Corbyn. And even the, the MPs and the members on the Labour left who want Starmer to back a ceasefire in Gaza and take a more pro-Palestinian position, aren't really talking about Jeremy Corbyn or calling for him to sort of come back. I mean, I think that tells us mostly something about Corbyn, whatever people think of his views. He was never really a kind of natural leader. He was not never somebody who put himself forward in that way. He ended up as leader of the Labour Party almost by accident after he, you know, he entered the contest to diversify it back in, I think it was 2016, and ended up, you know, doing really well and winning. But he's not somebody who would put himself forward in a situation like this and come to the fore. So we haven't really seen him as a personality for Surge. That's Eleni Correa of Politico Europe. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.